Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Tuesday night, 9.05 p.m. Pittsburgh time. Where else would Steeler fans rather be? With me as always, except when he's not, is my big brother Rich. Rich, how's the air up there tonight? Well, first you have to exhale really deep. Why? Because then you have to... Breathe it in really deep this week because you know you got to smell that sweet smell of victory from all the way over on the left coast. So that's you right. Know, it, it, you got to you got to really suck it in to make sure you, you you get it all in there and get to savor it. So yes, I because I will tell you, the Steelers have to go to the Pacific Time Zone. They had to go three times this year. Already gone twice, two and zero. Oh. Is that yes. enough to say? Yeah, that was a whole that that's something that. That's in the past. That wasn't, that's not what this team is all about. Maybe it was more of a Ben Roethlisberger thing. I don't know, but that's one thing that, that was really nice. It was good to see the Steelers win a game, um, but not in primetime, although that's now two in a row that they've, that they've won. That wasn't a primetime game, but my goodness, this team is four and two. The Pittsburgh Steelers through six games are four and two. And if you look at last year's team, if they'd even been three and three at this point of the season last year, they'd have been in the playoffs and a team that was playing well at the end of the season and, you know, might have been something to be reckoned with. But what we're going to talk about tonight, we'll get to some other things. I'm going to bring up the topic of the show because it's going to be the ongoing theme as we talk. And that is, you know, bold statement. This isn't being negative, Nancy. This is stating it how it is if you really want to look at this team. The 2023 Steelers are not serious contenders yet, but they've got everything that they need to, to, to keep doing what they need to do to become one of those contenders. In my opinion, I, I was on, I, I was guessing on a, on a Philadelphia sports show this week, just with some general um, NFL talk. And it was very interesting because you think about it, is there that team that's really dominating right now? Is there that team that's overrated? Is there that team that 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 really seems like, like, you know, there's so many teams in the middle. Like even the Philadelphia Eagles, they seem like they had some warts early. They're starting to work them out. Same with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they lost their first game. They run won the rest, but they haven't looked that great doing it. But they're doing what they're doing is they're winning along the way in order to try to get better as the season goes on. That should also be the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. If the playoffs, Rich, if the playoffs started this week, do you feel that this team right now is built to make a deep postseason run with the style of play that they're that they're winning with right now? Based on the performance right now, no, you don't. They they they. They would make the playoffs currently. They would would not have very high expectations for them in the playoffs. Yeah, just because although they're it's, winning games, it's, yeah, it's not real pretty. It's and still it's not kind that they couldn't. Early. Yeah, and it's not that they couldn't win a game. It's could you manage to pull those out three weeks in a row against the top teams in the AFC? That would be a tall task. But just because that's how the Steelers are winning now, doesn't mean that that's how the Steelers will be able to win games come November and December and January. 
that's that's what I think is really great about the Steelers being four and two right now. I I, I was uh, I had to take my son to a doctor appointment today, and the doctor said to me, "Oh, the the Steelers are are struggling a little bit right now." I'm like, "Well, they're still figuring themselves out, but they're four and two. They're four and two. I mean, there's there's not a lot of teams that have four wins in the in the NFL right now. I mean, my goodness, there's only there's only four teams in the AFC that have more wins than the Steelers at this point of the season. So they're they're setting themselves up by winning ugly now. I feel like they're getting better, which we're going to talk about based on this past game. And maybe they can continue to grow and improve. And I think they have, I'm not saying they will, but they have the opportunity to turn themselves into a to, to having a true contender status over the next couple few months. And that's really what you would really like to be right now. Yeah. If you see them make the kind of improvements we continued to see them make last year when they kind of got on a roll towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. because of the better start, if they can get on that similar roll, now you're talking, okay, we'll take that into the playoffs. And if you're on a roll going into the playoffs, you never know what can happen. Yeah. Exactly. And and this was, you know, part of this, what we want to talk about has to do with some of the questions I was asked um, when I was doing that that spot um, yesterday. And, and really, if you think about it, I always like to say over the last three years, and because you, you'll understand why when I say this, be wary the team that starts fast that still has a lot of warts. Careful of the fast start in the NFL because it's not how you start, it's how you finished. And if anybody understands that, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers fans from three seasons ago. You know, back in 2020, when the Steelers had that big, fast start, I mean, they were rolling through teams. And they had some pretty decisive wins over good teams early. And then things started to not go so well, and then they started to eke things out. And then they got to where they couldn't eke things out anymore. Kind of the exact opposite of what the Steelers were doing last year, and what right. we hope it was like that. Year. It was like that year the Steelers peaked in Week Three. Yeah, and uh, I'd that, say maybe six or seven. Yeah, when they like when they play, when they finally played Tennessee, that was probably their peak. Yeah, they were peaking mm-hmm. in weeks probably four, five, and six. Yeah, really. And then you know it, it was a it was a hey we're okay hey we played really well, and then from there the Steelers didn't continue to make improvements. Um, and that's when, as you as you were liking to say here, all their warts, they didn't continue to clean, clean that stuff up. And then yeah. those warts just kept showing themselves, showing themselves being exposed. And it really hurt the Steelers at the end of the year. Yeah. And I mean, that, I mean, I didn't really think about it until I started saying to you, that really is the inverse of what happened with the Steelers last year. You know, that the Steelers played really well to start the season. Then had some stretch, had a stretch where they were playing all right, but managed to win games. And then a stretch where they weren't where, where they were weren't playing all that great, managed to pull one off in there, but couldn't get the job done. That's what happened last year to start. Couldn't get the job done. Then they started winning some games where they weren't playing great, but were managed to get wins. And then they started to, I mean, not to the degree of the 2020 Steelers, where they were playing well at the end of the year. And I felt, I mean. 
think about it. They, they, they played the Browns to finish it off. They beat them by two touchdowns. So yeah. they, they were finishing strong. If you could take the 2022 Steelers and what they did, how they progressed through the season, and apply that same formula to the 2023 Steelers, I'm taking that all day because they've already yes, put themselves exactly. in a much better spot right now. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're looking at when we're going to look at this game to say, hey, the Steelers, they're not perfect. Um, these Steelers fans that think they're perfect is kind of it's like, oh, well, look how good their record is. That's good. That's true. But if you but if you want to be comfortable with that, this is this is perfectly set up for Mike Tomlin because that way he can't seek comfort with what the Steelers are doing right now. Because they're getting wins, but they should be uncomfortable with some of the some of the problems that they have. So, Rich, let's talk about some of the news. Uh, the Steelers made a couple practice squad swappings uh, today. Mike Tomlin spoke, had some interesting um, stuff to say. It was really nice to hear Mike Tomlin on a Tuesday after a Sunday win, because we didn't get that following the Ravens. We had a week of reflection, so therefore he was kind of grouchy. Right. <laughs> I'd be kind of grouchy too if you're reflecting over some of the stuff that you're doing wrong at the beginning part of the year. But uh, much more uh, light press conference. Really enjoyed some of the stuff he had to say there. Um, I did have an error in something that I did on the podcast, if you listened to that earlier with the recap, because I couldn't hear the question, and I thought they asked about the T.J. Watt penalty, and here they were asking about the Deontay Johnson. I thought they said – I don't know if they – I don't know how I got that, how, the, how I got the name swapped from what I could hear. Um, but it was the whole question of, and we're going to get to a couple of these things from the game. Um, but that was a question of, shouldn't that have been a dead ball penalty? Where it shouldn't have been offsetting. And he never really got a good explanation for that. So um, anything else news-wise about the Steelers you think we really need to talk about? Or do you think we're ready to... Talk about this Rams game. Yeah, not really been much news since since the game. So I think we're ready to probably dive into the game. So let's do that. Whoo! All right, Rich. So what do you want to get get to first? <laughs> um, take your pick. Well, and okay. Then- well, I, I know something because I wrote the article yesterday. We will get to that topic. I know you're even more heated about that than I was. Um, so oh, we'll to get point, to some of the, the, the point uh, to, to the point that the video on NFL.com that comes, yeah, you, know, you bring it up on YouTube. Yeah, Kyle makes a comment on it. Some jerk says something to him about, "Hey, why don't you know the rules?" I'm actually then cutting and pasting out of your article. The yeah, because well, I I cut and pasted the rule book. I know, and I put it in there, and then explain to the guy, you know, what it was I was looking for. Just, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. No, so. you know what? Well, you brought it up. Let's let's okay. go ahead and knock that out a little bit, okay? Um, there was plenty of not just there were some officiating miscues both ways, both like sides. the Deontay yep. Johnson thing. That almost is like, oh, let's call. I, oh, I don't know if I should have called that pass interference. Well, I'll th- I'll call him for taunting, and we'll just offset them. When really, that's not how when it should really be. That's not should how it works. First down, nope. then back them up fifteen yards, and it's first and ten again. Yep. Because it was well after the whistle, which um, they had. Which, ironically, they had done earlier in the game and done it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had done it earlier in the, the game pickets. and did it right. Right. Yeah. 
and and did it and said, oh, that is dead ball. So the first down stands, backed it up, the 15 then, and went first and 10. And when they ended up, I'm like, dude, you guys did this once already. Yeah. Do we? I mean, the whistle was blown. The flag, the flag came out late enough that Witherspoon was already celebrating the breakup. Then he couldn't, and then Johnny Johnson sees the flag and tells him, you know, be calm it down, your celebration. There's a flag. And they throw that. That was that really should have been how it was how it was judged before. And we can talk about, I mean, it wasn't all against the Steelers. That that spot was very questionable. Um, it would if it would have been short, it would have been reviewed. Oh, but because it wasn't now. short, and see, that's why sometimes people say, "Well, why do you wait and take your timeouts after after the two minute warning rather than ahead?" You could save yourself, you know, another twenty seconds in, in a certain situation by taking your timeouts ahead of the two minute warning rather than waiting until after. Well, one reason I say you wait till after if you leave a team. Won. Save one. Yeah, well. Save one. And if you're going to save one, you should go ahead and save them all. Um, And just do them all quick. Good. Um, Because then that way you can still challenge on a play like that. Um, The other reason is, let's say you're using your timeouts ahead of the two-minute warning. Now, all all of a sudden, it's it's third and nine with with 207 left. Well, third and nine, 207 left. If If you run enough time off the clock, and get it down to the two-minute warning anyway, you can go ahead and pass ball. Probably 205 would probably be a little bit better. Then you're adding where it doesn't hurt the team to pass, where if you wait till after the two-minute warning, you're forcing them to try to run to make you burn that timeout, or they're going to, or if they pass, they're letting you save it. And honestly, if they pass it, they could, they could, they'd have a much better chance of gaining the first down than they would on a run play on third and nine. So there's different philosophies behind that, but that that's one thing. So that was a lot of questionable officiating, but the thing that we ultimately want to talk about comes down to the officiating and the broadcast. First of all, maybe it's because we're so we're spoiled because of AFC is typically they've been changing this up now covered on CBS, but man, Fox, their co- their in game coverage awful. is 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 not good. It is not good. Their graphics are bad. They're they're they they miss plays. They they there's too many things going on that they don't get yeah, right. That their CBS production, just their does production better. crews are not very good. Yes, the production, let alone then. Well, I I feel then that the 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 lack of of quality in the production crew then hurts your team in the booth even. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, in case you guys are wondering exactly what we're talking about, let's, let's, I, I know we're beating around the bush getting to it. That I, it's Dave. That's what I do. I wrote the article yesterday about, you know, the Steelers gave up a, an amazing catch or did they? Because it was the, it was, well, first of all, there was the call on TJ Watt, the offsides call. Mike Tomlin addressed that today. He's like, you've, he went on a, and talked about this for a while. That you 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 know you've you've got to you've got to get the feeling for the officiating crew. Uh, apparently, they said something to Najee Harris earlier about jawing about something that should have been the indication for Pickens and Deontay that they weren't putting up for much. But he says a lot of crews before they call you for lining up in the neutral zone, if you're getting closer and closer, they'll say something to you. Nothing was said to T.J. Watt. They just threw the flag in a pivotal moment. 
That's not typically how crews do it. Now, that was Mike Tomlin criticizing the officials without officially criticizing the officials. Yes. That's exactly. what he was doing during the press conference. He was criticizing them because you know you'll typically get a warning, but you've got to you've got to be in tune to what those officials are actually doing in that game. That was his way of saying this officiating crew sucked compared to everybody else. And we had to learn to deal with it. So that shouldn't have been something that was typically called. I saw other players, including Alex Highsmith and players on the Rams that were lined up what I where their feet were behind the line, but their head was over the line. But Fox wouldn't give us a shot to really see if TJ Watt was offside or not. Yeah. And Which sometimes the people who like to put on their tinfoil hats would say that's because the NFL knew that they were going to do that. And the TV crew was in one. Now, I don't know if it's – I don't think – I don't think they're good enough to pull off something like that. I think you're giving them too much credit. I just think yeah, Fox I, is that inept. Yeah, I think yeah. Fox is just that inept. Yeah. How, yeah. It, although we're going to talk about the next one, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about yeah. it. Then. So the very next play was the 32-yard completion to, to Puka Nakua. I'm finally learning how to say his name. Um, to the 31-yard line. Looked like a phenomenal catch, looked questionable. They showed it over and over on replay. And even it's funny, some of even the people in the in the live chat of the postgame show were drinking the Kool-Aid saying, hey, that was a good catch. If you say that and you want to compare it to other things, it's because you don't know the rule. Okay. The rule. So let's see if I can. I I don't have an article up. I actually have the rule book up in front of me right now, but of course it always jumps back to the beginning every time I, I can I come off. I can it. I can tell you the rule in layman's terms. Okay. Easily. You tell me in, in layman's terms and then I'll I'll what, read it. What we were what we were looking at. So so there's three there there's three ways with your feet you can plead a catch, and it all is determined on two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this these can mix and match. All right. Mm -hmm. There is the toe tap, which I can define as mm -hmm. the toes of a foot go down, and it's a toe tap when the toes hit down. And the next move of the foot are the toes come back off the ground. Yes. Right? That's a toe. They are the only part of the foot that hits as part of that step. Yes. Okay. Then there is the toe drag. Okay. Mm -hmm. The toe drag is what I consider to be the, the toes are down. Yeah. You know, the front part of, you know, the front part of the foot, whatever. And, and without more of the foot coming down, it slides across the turf and into the, into the white out of bounds area. That is a toe drag, still a good catch. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what comes into argument that I can't answer here is the last one, which is if is part of the catch, the entire foot mm -hmm. comes to the ground and touches down, the entire foot has to hit inbounds for it to be a catch. Okay? Yep. My huge gripe is Fox would not show the entire tape. They were convinced that it was a toe tap. They said, oh, look, it's a toe tap, and they would get to where the toes hit and stop the tape. Yes. And the, the thing is, the only thing that makes it a toe tap, it's it's once that foot is contacted, is that the only part of the foot that makes contact during that step? You can get your toe down, but if the rest of your foot comes down as part of the same step, the entire foot has to be in bounds. 
That's how it works. Now, if the if your toe comes up off the ground, that step is complete. And that's all you had to get was the toe. But if it comes down, now, I don't think, I, I think, I don't know if it was definitely his heel, but the back part of his foot, I think it hit the sideline. But I can't say for sure because Fox wouldn't show us. Fox and that's made, what was uh, And I didn't get to see it. Kyle says that the next time they went to break, Fox rolled through that. Kyle went nuts. Yeah. I'm talking into my phone, mm -hmm. writing the knee-jerk article, wasn't looking at the screen. Kyle said they showed it. That they rolled more of it, it went out of bounds. So I'm like, okay, let's go see, right? Yeah, hop on social media in every place. They're gonna shit, you know, some place is gonna have and roll this all the way through. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Nope. I, I ask anybody out there to go out there and find it for me and send it to me now. I spent a good part of the day yesterday looking for it. I went looking for it again today. It's not there. Everything yeah. stops before it shows. The finish the step. And and this is where I get real mad. And you'll some of you will, if anybody reads my worthless two cents article tomorrow, you'll hear some more of this. Okay. The Kenny Pickett fourth down play. Okay. Fox mm -hmm. had no problem. They rolled footage from the snap of the ball, all you know, slowing it down, going all the way through multiple angles from Kenny snap getting the snap to to knee down to where his body went to everything else to guys coming off the pile and getting up off the ground. Mm -hmm. Where's that for the Puka Nakua catch? That's mm. all I was asking to see. Mm. Let me see it finish out. And was it true or not? And you can't find it. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Go to NFL.com. Look it up. They cut it even shorter than Fox did by mm. about a quarter of a second. And there's a reason why here's, here's what I think. What did you used to see on ESPN on Monday nights before the game? A segment called what? Jacked Up? Isn't that what Jacked it was called? Up. I'll try to remember yep. it with you. Where they come and they show you the biggest crushing hits and everything else, but they're trying to get those hits out of the game. They don't. They, they can't show those as their highlights. So what is their big highlights now? It's these crazy catches. You can't have a highlight real catch if they ultimately call it out of bounds. So that's why the NFL wants these kind of catches to stand. George Pickens, that's why you're going to get ones from him. They want these kind of catches to stand. So you could say if it was against the Steelers or whatnot, they, they want amazing catches to work. And yeah, the thing the is, official, Fox, Fox didn't even realize it, it. Yeah. Once they ruled that inbounds, they were like, we got to keep this. Got to have it. Yeah. But I, I, I forgot. It was someone who's in the live chat now who was the idiot in the postgame show. They were saying, oh, it's in bounds. It's in bounds. You don't know the rule. You don't know the rule. Okay? Because it's only – this happened – I can't remember if it was earlier this season. And I can't remember what game. I think it was earlier this season. If not, it was last season where there was a tight end. I'm pretty sure it was a tight end. Um, Wes oh, Wes says he found it. it. <laughs> where did you us. find it, Wes? Okay. That's what I want – like, um, I've been looking forever. But there was a, I'm pretty sure it was a tight end, but it was a receiver in the end zone, back of the end zone. Okay. High throw. Yes. Goes up on their toes, catches the ball. Toes in bounds. But the heel came down and hit the end line. Guess what it was called? Incomplete. Incomplete. Because that's the rule. If the rest of his foot comes down, it doesn't matter that he tapped his toe. Uh, but the thing is, see. we just don't know. We just can't see it. Because Fox wouldn't show it to us. Wes, could you send it to me on Twitter? Yeah. There you go. 
That, that would be great. Okay. If you could see, and West, like, I don't know how many zeros he has out of that with his percentage. That's a lot of zeros. He says his foot came down out of bounds. It looked like it to me on the – they showed it quickly on the very first replay and then wouldn't show it anymore. And then you yeah. said Kyle saw it the one time then. So the problem was – now, the officials did not did not confirm it. And if you went by what Fox was showing, it would have been confirmed because you could see the green. But they had to keep looking at it, and they didn't – I don't know if they're hearing from New York, don't worry, the TV broadcast isn't showing that it hits. We're just going to let this stand. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, – yeah, also but be it, interested. Hey, was, was anybody out there in the live chat? Was anybody in stadium yesterday? I'm going to guess that was never showed on the big board either. There was probably oh, well, no not, way not, in, not in LA. No. Yeah. And also, this is another thing that drives me nuts. And I've kind of went off on this in the on the uh, press conference recap. It's not a bad challenge every time you lose, and a good challenge every time you win. It is not result dependent. That was the right thing to challenge that play. That was the right call. And it, and I still think it should have been overturned. But either way, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, and again, and again, I'll give a little hint out, you know, something I bring up in my words is two cents. Look, all I, that's where I got so frustrated. Here, confirmation from Steelers Freaker, who was at the game. I remember him saying that after the game. Okay. Said he was there. They stopped the tape. Uh, yeah, stopped it. Yep. Didn't let you see it. it. Came down. Now everything in that shows. Wow, that lo foot looks like it's come down. If that continues down, that could go out of bounds. Don't know. Couldn't see it. That's my frustration. Look, it, if if it came down and it was close and it doesn't get overturned, I, I get it. That. I get it. Just let me see it. Yep. Uh, Wes, my Twitter it's handle Thomas is Green. Wes. <laughs> yeah, his Twitter's there as part of his as as, as part of his name then. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, I know, know he's going to be like, oh man. <laughs> you yep. know, it, if Nakua made that catch, then kudos to him. I mean, yeah. Just now, now actually, I got to talking with Kyle. We uh, Minka needs to watch a little more Ronnie Lott tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ronnie Lott was one of those safeties darren woodson was one too that at times would do that would go to make those big hits and basically just carry the guy out of bounds yeah mika made the big hit there what i like to see mika actually keep the guy up in the air a little more and just carry him out of bounds no, no well question here's i actually read i was reading to the rule book to try to find this kind of stuff that, that i didn't read the rule book did i after what i said just to confirm to gain possession of a loose ball that has been caught intercepted or recovered a player a must have complete control of the ball with his hands or arms and notice they said control with his hands or arms not your back anyway um or or your or your legs i guess you can't catch it between your knees that's interesting that's a whole yep. different story or and b have both feet or any part of his body other than his hands completely on the ground in bounds. Then it goes on and talks about after it's fulfilled, blah, blah, blah. So it's not saying that a toe doesn't count, but a toe is not the only part of that step because he came down with his heel. And the NFL has used that, has said, no, that the whole if the whole foot comes down, the whole foot has to be in the field of play. They have said that over and over. But yet it's almost like they were trying to hide that that even happened, which was frustrating. So anyway, um, all right, on from that. On from that. On from that. On from that. You know, um, <clears throat> who was uh, you know T Tony did an article today on the uh, fourth down 
sneak by Pickett. Uh-huh. Um, I liked the article. Uh, well done. Of course, it has some of, as I say, uh, Tony's tongue-in-cheek kind of satire within it at places, yep. which I absolutely love. But also, he made some really good points on that play. Okay? Uh-huh. That play was spotted by the official who had the, the best, best view. view. Yeah, of the play. It's the guy I don't know that if they had the best view of when hit of when his knee hits. You know what I'm saying? Well, something else I didn't look closely. By the way, on a quarterback sneak, when when a quarterback's knee hit, is he down if he's not touched? I that was the other thing that I That's thought a, that was, that was some question I had that I don't was know the helmet. Yeah, but you know, because you know, on that play, Kenny kind of slipped down early, and it's like that first knee hit and then it kind of came back up as he tried to drive with the feet was he touched before that before that came back up i don't you know i i, I haven't gone back and looked and didn't know but it was just something that i was thinking of while i was reading tony's article today but you know i, I really liked in in tony's article that, that that he was like look he's like the referee that made the call made the spot on that play was the guy who should have been making it yes based on um you know, it being one of the line judges, the one on the side where he could see the best, had the best view of anybody, any of the officials live, he was making the call. That I appreciate because the thing I hate, and I hate this tremendously in baseball sometimes when it happens, is when it's the wrong guy making the call, not the guy yes. that has the best view, not the guy that has, you know, the person that should be making the call with the best view is the person I want making the call. He made the call. Um, I know. I knew it was close. Yeah, I thought. It, I thought it was going to be an inch or two short, and it ends up the being. The fact you know, that it barely made it, it and it probably and there at least was a little. It was at least a little bit forward of what it should have been. Means yeah. that it probably wasn't. But I, I said this yesterday. I keep referring to where I was asked about a bunch of NFL stuff. I was asked if there's anything, any anything with the officiating, you know, major change or rule I would change. I'm like. They've got a chip in the ball for the next gen stats to get spin rate and stuff like that. Why are we still using the chains? Why are we still using the chains? Why are we still doing? I mean, all you have to do is is as long as you have accurate to the whatever tenth or hundredth of a second, you can even match up the GPS location at a certain time when a when you're down or whatever. You know, go back to that. You know. Two close plays in the Atlanta game of whether or not it was fumbled out of the end zone. One, they said it wasn't. The other, they said it was. I don't know if, if either call was actually correct. You couldn't really see it the best. Um, I think the first one that you said that it wasn't was probably the right call and, and everything. But if you have the technology, why not use it? Why not use it? You know, right, because if you got that chip in the ball, you you can know exactly the dimensions of the ball to even know where the tip is, the side, everything, everything. Yeah, it, it, it's not even that you have the technology; it's that you have the technology and you're already using it to a certain extent for other things. Yeah, go ahead and use it for the important things then. Exactly for the important things. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times you, you just honestly, don't I don't give a crap about spin rate. I don't give a, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm just saying because they have those things. And and, and I, I interviewed the guy, not this past summer, but the one before, um, someone from Zebra Technologies that, you know, does, has, they, they're the ones who has the chip that goes in the ball, that has the chip that goes in the shoulder pads, that they have these things. It's all in how the NFL wants to use them. So, hey, let's go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the Steelers players and what they were doing on the field, other than just, you know, these, these things that, we just like to talk about it otherwise. So if you're with us here, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we're not going anywhere. If you're with us on the audio side, we'll be right back after these messages. All right, Steelers fans, let's get rolling with this. Rich, let's talk a little bit more about this nice win in LA. Remember, this was a team, this was a three and three team that the only teams they had lost to so far coming into this game, the Los Angeles Rams, were three teams that were in the conference championships last year. That was their three losses coming into this game. So, you know, when you look at, you know, they, they lost to Cincinnati. They lost to, um, I, I can't, was it, I can't remember if it was Philly or, or Philly and San Francisco or if it was, or if it was um, Kansas City. I, I, I can't remember. Um, I don't think it was Kansas City. Uh, I don't think they played Kansas City. So, that was that was their losses. I mean, I didn't check that. I didn't confirm that. That's just what I read somewhere. I probably should look at that. But uh, in other words, this is a team two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're kind of in, in a in a reset mode. But the Rams were doing all right, and the Steelers went out there and they hung with them early. It kind of seems like that's what the Steelers have to do right now. They have to keep it close in order to strike later. We talked about at the beginning. That's not what a series contender is going to do. But I think the Steelers are, are, are a team that is on the verge of moving beyond that if it's possible for them to do that. Rich, get, get, what do you think is the number one thing for the Steelers to, to not have to win it at the end? What do they really need the most? What What's something from this game that you stood up? I don't know if it's about what it needs the most. And actually, I'm right now, I don't even want to talk about, I don't even want to start with talking about maybe what they need. What I want to start with more is, uh, I'm going to say it on the, more on the positive side, which is the what I started to see, especially this week, which has been different from earlier in the season, which gives me the hope that the Steelers are going to progress th- this direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is, I really would have liked to open our show tonight as much as I love Jerry Cherry Band and he's out there tonight. I would have liked to open our 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 show with a different song. I was f- based on things I saw from the Steelers this week. And I would have liked to start opened up with a song by the Coasters. Because I would have liked to start it with Yakety Yak. No. Because we had Yak. <laughs> in this game yeah that, and that was, was something it, that i wasn't was, just, was improved coming out of the bye and it wasn't yak just throwing the ball you know 80 yard touchdown to george pickens 65 yard touchdown to calvin austin things it wasn't just the bomb it was it was catching the ball in space and gaining more yards it was nice to see yes the those are the types of things that I need to see the Steelers continue to improve on mm-hmm. to make me feel better about this team moving forward. Yes. Okay. We I saw 
I saw two running backs for the Steelers who ran the ball violently mm-hmm. is the best way I could describe. And they both ran the ball violently. If our running backs continue to run the ball violently and the run blocking of the offensive line continues to improve, look out the Steelers could be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Red zone efficiency. Much improved this game. Three for three in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, right? If the Steelers, you know, remember last year we started getting better at that. If the Steelers continue getting better at their at getting into the red zone and their red zone efficiency, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with later in the mm-hmm. year. So uh, I don't necessarily want to throw, you know, look at the team and say, well, they're they're missing this and they're missing this and they're missing this. Honestly, the biggest takeaways from this game, and they started to happen more and more as the game went on, were the the things I was seeing slightly different from the Steelers that I was seeing before the bye. And if I start seeing more of these things and they continue to build on these things, then they're going to be in good shape. I agree. I agree. Um, Defensively, here's, here's one. I want to ask you a question. Well, hold on. Okay. I wanted to bring this up real quick where Steelers yeah. said Dan Moore in the O line played much better as well. Now I was surprised. They I thought Isaac Sam Olive was phenomenal, but yeah. his PFF score, they had him with like a 16 for his pass blocking. And I'm like, unless they were saying the two times where two guys were coming and Jalen Warren could only pick one, if they put the other one on Sam Olive, I don't get that because he was already engaged with somebody. Correct. It so was, they were bringing they were bringing three three guys into an area with two, yeah. Where you just simply can't block that many. The, the Steelers get away with doing that at times, so it's kind of how that works. So I was surprised that he wasn't, you know, better. I thought he played well. I thought Dan Moore Jr. played well, and I, I thought Amalu, did all right. They included. I thought say Amalu played nasty. Yes, especially in the run game. That's what I've been expecting to see from him is a certain level of nastiness. And I was seeing him playing this game with nasty. Now, some of this also has to go with the defenders that you're going against, but the Steelers had a lot of success running the ball to the left side of their offense. Yes, they did. Running it right basically in behind Sayamalu. And and Dan Moore was was blocking well. I, I admit, basically, basically, it was hand the ball off, have him come behind Sayamalu, and then read which which side of him they needed to go off of. Yes, whether it be yeah. back towards the center or more towards Dan Moore at left tackle. Yeah, and when it comes to the left tackle position, I was one who said it's not going to be Broderick Jones to start. He's he's going to be an amazing talent. He just doesn't have the experience. He needs some time. When he came out and played the way he did against the Ravens, I was frustrated because I thought he deserved to, to, to be the starter in that game. But I will tell you, as good as I think Broderick Jones played against the Ravens, I think Moore played better against the Rams. Yeah. So, which is, which is not a, a knock on, on Jones at all. Isn't it nice to have a, a choice of two players that are playing well versus the opposites? So I'll take that. And if Broderick Jones can't get on the field because Dan Moore continues to play really well, 
Um, and also that would mean the Chooks of Corfo would have to as well because, hey, for right now, if you've got guys that are ready to go and they're playing, get your two best guys out there. It's going to be Broderick Jones eventually. Maybe this maybe this season, maybe not this season. We'll have to see. But uh, as long as you're getting good play is the most important thing. Kind of like the whole deal with Matt Canada. I don't care – I don't think Matt Canada, no matter what, I don't think he's coming back next year. I just don't think the right people want him to, to, to keep the job, even if the Steelers win all the rest of their games. I don't want Matt Canada to not do well just because I don't think he's very good. I want Matt Canada to be phenomenal. I It would be, you know, it would be great. I would love nothing more than Matt Canada to not be here next year because he did such a good job at the set, uh, for the rest of this season that somebody hires him as a head coach. <laughs> And then we don't have to worry about Matt Cannon anymore. In go. other words, it, no, I, I didn't think he was doing a very good job before the bye. I think things were much improved. It wasn't that the play calling was awful or, or anything like that in this game. So I want to see it be well. That's what we all want as Steelers fans. We shouldn't want the Steelers offense to suck just because we were right about Matt Canada. I just I don't want Matt Canada I mean the way he was doing, I wanted him to be gone because I just think it was crazy. I want him to be better. So Matt Canada, keep getting better. Be like the players, keep getting better. So I went off my account. You were going to ask something about the defense. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, you know, you know, I was here kind of hitting on things about the Steelers improving offensively. What, you know, did we see anything in that game or what was going on? that gave you even maybe more hope defensively. Joey Porter Jr. got four more snaps than Levi Wallace. Did you know that? I knew he it was, was close. Yeah. He got four more snaps than Levi Wallace. And it's not that people like Wallace was benched. No, they were working things out there. Joey Porter Jr. is stepping up. Um, But as you can see, he would have, he would have done better. Not, not very good against the run. Definitely struggle with tackling is another thing that he still needs to get better at. You know, he wasn't good at it in college, and this is the NFL now. Um, so that's something he can continue to work on. All rookies have something they can work on. So um, I, I did my PFF article, which it, it's funny because um, I, I know someone was saying stuff about, you know, um, PFF in here before. There was a comment in the article at steelcurtainnetwork.com. Um, I'm, I'm going to see if I can even bring it up real quick. I, I do the article where I don't just give all the grades like I used to. I give my opinion about their – it's called my opinion of their opinion is what the article is called because I'm wanting to tell people this is what, how they were graded. This is where I think they were right. This is where I think they were wrong, blah, blah, blah. And a comment in the article – said exactly this. They said, um, all I can say is that every week when I read this article and see some of the head-scratching numbers from PFF, it's my weekly reminder not to pay attention to PFF scores. Although, to be fair, they do keep me coming back so I can see how, how the heck they scored guys this week. And my answer was, I'm the same way. It's like asking that, if you have that, you know that annoying Steelers fan friend that you have? that you're like, oh, man, they always want to say this or their their takes are kind of crazy. You know, we kind of get that even within our own family that that uh, you're like, I don't really want to hear what they have to say, but yet I find myself week after week asking, so what did you think of the game? That's, that's how I look at PFF. It's not that I really take a lot of um, – I have a lot of faith in their numbers, um, 
but it, it's that person that you don't really want their opinion, but you ask their opinion after each game. So, um, yeah. um, uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. I just got back to the live chat. I'm asking, I've been asking a question about his TJ's run tackling. Um, I don't know about specifically run tackling. They have run, they, they break down the scores on PFF. There are some things that PFF does that I, that I really like um, when it comes to stats. They give me snap counts by what the, by what the person's doing. Like on offense, George Pickens had 52 snaps. He had 29 snaps on passing plays. 23 snaps where he was run blocking. You know, the, I like those kind of things. They they do they don't do half sacks, so sometimes the sack numbers don't add up. If each person gets half a sack, they counted it each as a full sack. But they do pressures and and because they do hurries and things like that, they do drop rate drop rate and stuff like that. So I get some stats there. My biggest stats that I get is from Pro Football Reference. Um, because their stats line up with the stats that this that I get from the Steelers media site. Um, but there's things like missed tackles and drops that aren't official NFL stats that you can get there. Tackles specifically on runs, that's tough, but you can actually get how many snaps they were playing against the run and things of that nature. Um, but on defense, I will tell you this. Two rookies topped the Steelers' PFF scores on defense. And it was not Joey Porter. It was Herbig and Benton, Benton. at the top two scores. Her Just Herbig ahead of TJ White. Didn't get a ton of snaps. Didn't get a lot of snaps. But, but did well when he, he was, was in there. He played well. Yeah. Yep. So and that's that sack and that sack at first, Kyle thought was TJ because of how quickly he beat that guy was in there. Kyle was like, "Oh, Mister Watt, wait a minute, that's Herbig." <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, and that was real. I mean, I, he you can tell how far removed from the preseason we are because I had to remind myself when I saw number 51 who it was. Because I was like, yeah. Landon Robert. No, he's 50. Herbig, that's who it is. Because he's 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 filling in and he's doing a nice job. It's just not nearly as much as we saw him before. Um <laughs> uh, here we got we got 499 into the tip jar. We got Nathan Smith says PFF zealots are the worst. That's the thing. PFF can give you some good numbers. It's people that 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 think that they're always right because they look at tape. You know what? You can look at tape and not know what you're looking at. We have a former contributor at our old site that is a perfect example of that. Um, that so PFF. It's not that they they don't, they don't always get it right because it's opinion. He says, but this is the other thing that Nathan said. Somehow my survivor pick didn't say. But the Niners lost anyway, so it worked out. Now I can focus on the Steelers and fantasy, I guess. <laughs> yes, a quick update from the Survivor League. We lost a lot this past weekend. We're down to 18 people, nine in each of the two leagues. A uh, number of people picked the 49ers, um, and the Bills got, got a lot of people. The one league that had more people in it, League One, had over half the people get eliminated this week. So, yeah, so if you're still in it, Make sure you're, you're you're entering, and the total results are on uh, SilkerNetwork.com right now, as one of the top articles. So, yep. Um, my goodness. Sometimes you have to call on your best players, and all it takes is just one thing to just change the mentality and the attitude. 
when the Pittsburgh Steelers went down by six points because the 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 Rams kicker missed his extra point and got cut today, by the way, in case you yes. didn't see that, um, that uh, they're down six points and the Rams get the ball to start the second half. When you're a defensive captain and former NFL Defensive Player of the Year on the very first play, does what he does and gets the ball back and all the way down inside the 10-yard line, it changed everything. It's it the it's the to me that was the play of the game because it changed it completely flipped the narrative. You know, could the offense have screwed that up and uh, and settled for three? Yeah, but he left him. Was it at the six or the eight? I can't remember. I know it was. It was. I know it was an even number. He left him with only seven six yards to go. And honestly, to get that in, Najee Harris's run on second down that looked like it was going for nowhere, and he kept his foot in and dove, didn't didn't score, but gave the Steelers a chance that all, that they could sneak it on third down. That was a big play, too, that I don't think enough people were remembering because it wasn't a scoring play. I mean, sometimes, sometimes getting those three or four yards in a play like that to set you up there um, really makes a difference. That was a great effort by him. And and you bring that up, actually, going to take me back. I'm going to talk one more thing real quick about the offense from this game. And, and sure, well, we can bounce around. around. It's fine. And, and I'm actually, it, it's not necessarily even the offense. This one I'm going to put over to to probably to to Matt Canada because the play calling was not as predictable in this game. Now there were times where it still was. Okay, I, I had three times where the Steelers gained anywhere from six to eight yards on first down. I turned to Kyle and said, this is going to be a slow developing run that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. And all three times it was a slow developing run that went nowhere. I know when it wasn't, it wasn't on the second offensive play of the game. When <laughs> no. they gained eight and then went to pass right. and got sacked. This game, sorry. No, but, yeah. it, but, but, you know, so, so although I feel the Steelers play calling was less predictable, there was still yes. some predictability in it. And I also even, I think in my, my worthless two cents article, Mara highlight that a little bit and say, Hey, that's much better, but you're still, I think telegraphing some things because again, when, when I can call, Hey, this is going to be a slow developing run play. That part I got right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the part about it going nowhere is dependent on the defense getting it right as well. And the defense yeah. got it. Uh, the Rams got it right on all three of those occasions as well said it three times. I hit it all three times. Kyle was like, it's better, but they've still got work to do. Yeah. And honestly, this just goes to show, I, I'm, I'm going to dive into this a little bit deeper on StatGeek this week, but I, I mentioned this on the post-game show. This defense setting the tone in this game is really important. When the Steelers give up on their first defensive drive, when they give up a touchdown, they lose. They're 0-2. When they get a punt or a takeaway, they win. Yeah. That's that's what it's happened through six games. So as we transition to talk a little bit here about the Jaguars, because we're, of course, running crazy out of time, because we really wanted to talk about that that catch on the sidelines. That Well, that officially it's a catch. Technically it wasn't. I, I want to say this. If you're a team playing the Steelers, if – Anything that the the Rams and the Ravens showed the last two games the Steelers have played, 
you have to bury them early. If you're if you want if you want to beat the Steelers, you can't let them hang around and pull it off at the end. Because so far, when the Steelers have a chance at the end, they've done it. They did, they've done it this year, and they did it the last part of last year. So that's the recipe for the teams. You have to bury them, and you have to be able to do it against the Steelers' defense. The defense can't get warmed up. So I understand Mike Tomlin kind of addressed this today in his press conference where he said, because of needing, you know, worried about the warm-up period to start the game, um, coming out of the bye, that's why we went with offense on the field first. He didn't say it directly, but to me, I'm almost saying this was important for the defense to get a stop. And starting with the defense out there first, you know, seeing the offense might have been a little bit of a wake up for the defense before they stepped on the field. You're not stepping out there with, with, with 15-0-0 on the clock and everything. Right. So just people are worried about the sealer stopping the run. But you have to remember this. You have to remember this. The Pittsburgh Steelers stopping the run, they have played three of the best rushing teams in the NFL. That was not who they played this past week. And, yes, they gave up uh, 135 yards in yards rushing. But they only gave up 125 to Baltimore. You know, they only gave up – well, no, I can't say only. You know, they, they gave up under two – just 198 to Cleveland, but was enough to win the game. Gave up a bunch to San Francisco. My point is, I almost got the feeling throughout this game that the Steelers were willing to give up some some yards on the ground as long as, A, it wasn't 25-yard runs, and, B, they were locking down Cooper Cup. I, yeah. that's, they, I don't think they would say it or admit it. It's just the way it felt that the Steelers didn't think that the that the Rams could run that often to constantly score on every drive, or two, what Sean McVay showed us that they would be willing, we willing to do it. So if you try to take away and minimize Cooper Cup as much as possible, that was more important than being able to shut down the running game. It just, I, it's just my own feeling. Well, what do you, what do you feel in regards to that? Yeah. It, it... To, to me, some of those yards are given up in the running game. The Steelers played again a lot of that bendo break. It was it was like the Rams were moving the ball good till about the Steeler forty yard line, and then they weren't doing much of anything. Yeah, you know, it, how many drives got going, and then the Steelers hold up in, in that you know, let them gain twenty. 30 yards, pick up one or two first downs, they get to midfield, then shut it down. Yeah. You know, every time I felt like I was about to say, oh, here goes the Rams driving the ball down the field, then suddenly it was like, oh, the defense holds. Well, I mean, but honestly, that's kind of what you you what the scouting report is against the Steelers for now until they start to get it figured out. That's why I think Deontay Johnson coming back is huge. Is is hey. Don't let the Steelers beat you on the big splash play to Pickens or Austin. I mean, I mean, look, they had three touchdowns coming into this game of 41 yards or more, two of them in the 70s. Make the Steelers have to sustain a drive the whole way down the field. Don't give them the short field on a, on a takeaway and make them have to sustain the drive the whole way down the field. But you know what? 
the Steelers ended up doing that. The only time they've done it was, well, they, they finished the one drive in the fourth quarter, and the other one was completely in the fourth quarter. That's what was encouraging to me, to see the Steelers sustain drives. That, that drive with Jalen Warren's 13-yard touchdown run, I don't know, maybe I'm mixing the two drives together because it, it might even be both of them. Best drives I'd seen from the Steelers this year. And that's what can give me hope and why I can say they're not serious contenders yet, but they have some stuff to build on there if they can, if they can sustain drives like that. Right. They're going to have two Sunday. This, this Sunday, the Steelers host the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are one of only four teams in the AFC that have a better record than the Steelers. If the playoffs started this week, which they don't, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm summoning my inner Mark Kabbalah who likes to say, you know, hey, if the playoffs started today, this is what it would be. It's just kind of one of those things he does. The Steelers would be the five seed. They'd be the, the, the top wild card team. The only reason the Ravens are ahead of them in the division is because they've played an extra game and have that extra half win. The Steelers hold the other tiebreakers against them. But the Steelers would be the number one wildcard team, and they would they would play the Jaguars in Jacksonville. That's how it would that's how it would go down right now. So these are two teams that that could see each other again later in the year. What are you thinking? But not, I'm not asking for your score yet. What are some of your thoughts about this matchup coming up this week? My my biggest thought is the right now the the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing very similar style. They're not blowing people out. They're sometimes having struggles. You know, um, you look at their running game. They, you know, um, Etienne might be gaining. You know, like last game he had two touchdowns, but he only gained fifty yards. You know, Trevor yeah. Lawrence was. But you know, it's not putting up huge high passing numbers. They're they're doing kind of like the Steelers, you know, do it. Although what they're doing is jumping out early and then holding on. Um, versus the Steelers who are trying to stay close and then win it in the end. But I I think they're very very similar in how they're getting it done right now. Um, so th- there's a chance it could be a really another really good nail biter close game. Has the chance? Yeah, and to me, I think that that the Jaguars, especially if you were if you asked this question two weeks ago, I would say they're not serious contenders yet. They're a team. Now they've won, I think, what four in a row now. These two teams have something in common, and that is their last loss was a bad loss to the Houston Texans. Both these teams. That was our last loss, and it was not really in much of a close game. So Jacksonville, there's so much. They're one of the many teams in the NFL where you can say, you know what, they could come out and kick you in the teeth. Or, you know what, they're beatable. They're beatable. Yeah. You can yep. say that about almost any team right now. It really is how it, how it goes. So the question is not which Pittsburgh Steelers team is going to show up. The question is, how early in the game can the Steelers, particularly their offense, get going? Can the defense start strong? Can the defense start strong from the very beginning? And at what point will the offense get going? I I will say one thing real quick. I know we need to get going, but, but, but one thing from Coach Thomas' press conference today. 
he was asked about scripted plays and if they script them and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yes, we script them. We're not married to the script. Situations change the script. But the point of the script is there are certain things you want to do early in the game to give a certain look or do a certain personnel to see what they do so you so you can recognize how to utilize that later in the game. So if the Steelers are taking too much time at the beginning to figure out or to, to, to give looks to see what they're doing and then adjusting and then it working well, I like that they're adjusting and having it work well later. But hopefully they can get it started and maybe have those initial looks be a little bit more successful uh, early on is really what I think it really right. needs to come to. So, Rich, all right, we got to get going. We've hit an hour and we haven't started this yet. So we are going to fly through this. What do you have for your score for Sunday against the Jaguars? All right, I'm going all bad. I'm going to continue on with my trend. Um, uh, I expect this game to probably be really close, and it's going to come down to 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 fourth the fourth quarter. I would not be surprised for this game to be the Jacksonville get out early and trying to hold on at the end. I am going to go. Uh, I, I reserve the right to change mine for the staff article okay. as usual this week. Um, I like to state that when I feel I, there's a chance I might. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going with 20 to 19 Jaguars. You're saying 20 to 19 Jaguars. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm going to put the put it out there for everyone else to put theirs in there. Here's my thing. I'm going to give Which you a little funny, I think I saw it. somebody in the live chat earlier say if we can score 20, we win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and my worry is we come up just short of that, yeah. and it's not quite enough. So far, the Steelers, when the games are close, they've won. When the when the game or when they lose, it's because they're getting blown out. They're they're kind of due for that game with where, where I thought it was going to be the Houston game, where they were losing by a good bit, fight their way close, but just not close enough. Thinking of that Minnesota game two years ago where they were at yeah. that on Thursday night when they were down by a bunch and just couldn't complete the comeback. I could see a game like that with Jacksonville. I will say this. We were in the Steelers' quote-unquote second quarter of the season. Because the bye was early, I had the, I, I counted five games as the first quarter because you had to throw an extra one in somewhere. In these four games, the Rams, the Jaguars, followed by the Titans and the Packers, this is the best team the Steelers face, in my opinion. So you got to remember that. So here we go. People are ready to go. I've got to scroll back and find them. My goodness. Okay, we even got one in the middle. Outside outside Steeler fan almost didn't get it in there because I had the they hadn't all showed up. Because our live chat shows everything. It shows where it goes out on Twitter, on YouTube, on actually it's not on Twitter, but on both YouTube channels that we're on and both Facebook channels we're on. SCNs and FFSNs. Um, but outside Steeler fan says, good guys, 17, Jaguars, 14. Remember, if you put just a score, we're going to assume you mean Steelers. Steel Dog 88 said 21-20 Steelers, going to be scrappy. Mr. Woodside says Steelers 24-13. Steeler Chick 46 says maybe Steelers 21, Jaguars 17. Um, Brian Brown says 27-16 Steelers. Uh, Wes has it with... 23-13 Blitzburg. He thinks they're going to get a lot of sacks. That would be really nice. Um, Afton says 21-20 good guys. Um, um, Tyler asked this. Was last week our first week scoring 20 as an offense? I do believe that is true. I do believe that's true. Yes. So, I mean, am I, they had two. I mean, they had two offensive touchdowns in a game, but this week they had three, you know? 
That was so yeah. that was definitely the most they had there. Although one of them was set up with a short field by the defense because that's what they do. Harvey Stone says Steelers 24, Jaguars 16. Uh David Poe must be not really a Steelers fan. Yeah, there's someone on the on the post-game show that likes to comment and says you are, that says Brian isn't a real Steelers fan because he doesn't pick the Steelers every single game. Okay. Get informed. All right. Uh David Poe says uh 20 to 16 Jags. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not rooting for the Steelers. But sometimes you're like, hey, are they, if they're going to stumble at some point, this could be it. Uh, where are we at? Pittsburgh Toddy, 86, says 21-20 Steelers. Are we missing our guy tonight? I didn't see him. Are we missing Thomas oh, Riley? Oh. Right? I, and I have not seen him. No, I haven't so seen him in there. Oh, I'm kind of bummed. I almost gave a score. I almost went with a 19-19 tie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Steelers freak says the Steelers finally get get the thirty burger. He's going thirty to seventeen, and you know what, Steelers freak, you might be crazy, but you're a freak, so it's okay. Um, you're coming off an exciting game in stadium, so you're allowed to be that way. Uh, George OTJ has twenty six twenty three Steelers. Um, uh, Tyler wants to know if Tomlin's ever played Trevor. I don't think so because I don't think they played the Jags in a couple of years. Uh, Jeremiah Yoder says twenty three seventeen Steelers. Um, Jerry Cherry Band says, um, TJ Watt 26 to 24. <laughs> Are we talking to regular TJ or the miniature TJ? Yeah, the miniature <laughs> Steelers. Oh, we're Pittsburgh. talking the regular 20, 20 to 17 Steelers. Um, this is a name I'm, I'm not, I haven't, I don't remember seeing before. Mark John Holmes says, Jacksonville 16, Steelers 22. Okay, Sherry Richards getting hers in there of 27-23 Steelers. Corey S. says 26-24 Steelers. Um, Tyler W. says it's taking a while to come up. Jaguars 28, Steelers 24. Oh, that means you're not a real Steelers. Just kidding, Tyler. Just kidding. Yeah, I hope you can uh, get my tongue-in-cheek kind of jokes there. Mark Tobin says 25-17 Jags. Uh, and everything just skipped on me. Claude Bishop, 20-13 black and gold. Uh, here we go. Brian Brown. Wait. Oh, I thought that was a score because I saw the hyphen when he's like yeah. 15 to two is still on the, on the table. Uh, Tom Vallejo says 27, 10 Jags. He's okay. Uh, says about the Seals need to score early. How do I say this one? We'll just say Rands. Okay. Says 27, uh, Steelers 27, Jags 24. Do you see another one? Oh, there we go. Richard Adamson yes. says 23, 18 Steelers. Says, thank you very much for thinking we're a great, sh great show tonight. Uh, Ruben Stone says 27 17 Steelers. That's the and last one. I think one. that's all I got so far. Yes. Oh, Rich, I'm excited for this one. Like I said, I think this is the Steelers, even though it's at home. And see, and, and the Rams, the Rams aren't shabby. And the Steelers had to go on the road, they had to go on the West Coast, uh, to do that. Or like you said, I, I use that one a lot, left coast. Uh, did I, oh. Got a Did I miss one? Yeah, you had okay. like four come rolling in here all of a sudden. Okay, who was the last one that I had? Ruben Stone. So, because I don't, I think I got no one. You know, uh, he says twenty eight sixteen Jaguars. Uh, Mark John, I already got his. I do believe. Oh no, that, he had a Brown that, Seahawks. Yeah, score. It's a different game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not doing that one. Um, uh, Gavin Anthony says twenty seven twenty four Steelers. Insurance man. Steelers 17, Jaguars 7. Oh, that would be an interesting game. Um, oh, Afton says we did play Jacksonville in 22. Did Trevor Lawrence play in that game? 
I, I can't I remember. Either. You know what? I have to look that up for Stat Geek, so I'll know it Thursday morning. So check that one out. Um, George Pacnaman? Yep, go with it. 19-6 Steelers. Nathan Smith got his in here with 27-17 Steelers. And um, yeah, I think that's it for now. So this is the, I mean, if the Steelers don't win this game, the sky is not falling. But part of that depends on how this game plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville it, 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 is a worthy opponent. I think even if the Steelers lose this game in a close one, but it's different if they lose in a close one where it's back and forth and it just doesn't go right at the right way at the end versus if they're getting blown out and claw back and get come up just short. You know, there's so many different ways it could play out. Um, but honestly, if the the Steelers, I like where their schedules. <laughs> Afton says I like the way you think Afton. Yeah. She says, pray, pray for pigeons. Yes. He's not yet had a pigeon sighting at Akershire this year. We yeah, need, so we need, we need the pigeons. So the big thing is if it's how the Steelers are going to roll after this game based on the result of this game. They've got a short week, all that other stuff. So this one is not, yes, you want to win your conference games and everything else. But as I said, this is this is one of the tougher games. This is one of the tougher games they have left until they have to go to Ohio back in back-to-back weeks. So, but the Steelers start three home games in a row. This is the first one of the three. Um, if they can go two and one in that stretch, that's pretty good. So, if you can get it with this one, that that means you're setting yourself up even better. Make sure you're checking out our podcast. We've got the same lineup this week. Things will change up next week because of the short week. Um, and how things will roll there. But uh, we're not looking that far ahead. We, we want to stay like the Steelers and stay focused on this one. So you'll be getting all, all your content uh, from us and at steelcardnetwork.com that you're used to. Rich, what do you have to say to close us out tonight? Okay. Rolling in through this week, back to Steeler football, 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon when God intended football <laughs> to be played. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy. Uh, uh, I'm glad you're throwing it out there. I'm going to enjoy my week coming up to it. Why? Because the weather is beautiful here right now for this time of year. Um, I, I have both hunting and fishing in my forecast quite often between now and Sunday. But come Sunday, one o'clock, when God intended football to be played, <laughs> I will be on my couch, phone in hand writing the knee-jerk reaction article, and cheering on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't wait. Can't wait.